for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Genesis 1, did you find it? All right, look at verse 26. It says, and God said, let us make man, see that's me. Notice, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female, he created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Notice from this we can find out way back at the very, very beginning, God had a purpose and God had a plan. That plan was to create mankind in his image, in his likeness, and give him dominion and authority. Say dominion. Dominion. Say authority. Authority. Notice he gave you dominion and authority over all things where? On the earth. Everything on the earth. Man was created as a ruler, an underruler for God here on the earth to rule and subdue things here on the earth realm. God never created man weak. He never created man sick. He never created man down and out. He created you a ruler with authority, with dominion. Now, how many of you know that God's plan doesn't change? Just because something messed up, just because something didn't work right, God's original purpose, God's original intent is still there today. So mankind was created to rule on the earth and have authority and dominion here on the earth. God and In order to do that, of course, after Adam's fall, God sent Jesus. Jesus did not come to give you heaven. Why? Because God never gave you heaven. Jesus did not come to give you religion, because God never gave you religion. Jesus came to restore to mankind the authority originally given to mankind in Genesis chapter 1. That's why he came. That's what his purpose was, to restore to man back to his original position to give us authority and dominion when we got born back into the kingdom of God. What is dominion? It is to command, the right to enforce, and the right to choose. Say the right to command, the right to enforce, the right to choose. Now, most of the church don't believe they've got a right to choose anything. In other words, they just, whatever God wants them to be, they'll be. Whatever happens in their life, it's totally up to God. And God wanted this to happen, and God wanted that to happen. But notice, according to the scripture right off the bat in Genesis chapter 1, you are the one making the choices in your life. You are the ones responsible to command. You are responsible to enforce. I mean, you know, sometimes you've got to command things in your life. Sometimes I've got to command my feelings and emotions. Command them to get back in line with the word of God. Command them to line up with God. Some things I have to enforce in my life. By his stripes I've been healed needs to be enforced in my life with the authority I have in order to walk in that. Because it's already been given to us. So it's an enforcement there. Not only command and enforce, but to choose. Say to choose. Choose. You know, sometimes I just wish God wouldn't have did that. Man ain't going to have any chance to choose. I'm going to make all the choices for them and everything's going to work out fine. Wouldn't that have been a great scripture? Maybe we'll put that in Genesis someplace else. I can sneak it in there, but it's still not going to work because God didn't put it in there. So notice, you have a right to choose. You have a right to make decisions. Now, we talk about authority every now and then. We've never really broke it down, but we're going to start breaking it down for the fact that if you're in the body of Christ and you're born again, you've probably been called to do something in the body of Christ, whether it's pastor, prophet, teacher, elder, whatever you're called to do. And in order to do that and get it done right, 
You need authority in order to do that in whatever you're called to. We just think of authority, well, if the devil attacks, I rebuke you in Jesus' name, that's all there is. No, you've got a daily authority, you've got daily things to enforce in your life, daily things to command in your life, and daily things to choose in your life. So basically, most people who get called to ministry get excited about it. God's called me to do great things. Well, if you can't learn to use the authority in your own little sphere... You're never going to be able to do it in a ministry to other people or anybody else. So I've got authority. I'm a pastor. I was put in this position. I found out that I was, I was given not only the calling, but the authority in that calling. In other words, there's things I can command, praise God, that keep out of my ministry, to protect my ministry. There's things I can enforce in my ministry. I can enforce the move of the Holy Ghost in the ministry. I can enforce the power of God in the ministry. I can enforce all these things. But it's just not going to fall off a tree and hit you. Because you are the one in authority, are you following me, to do these things. And there's choices that I had to make. Some choices that I make, people love. (laughs) Some choices that I make, people don't quite love them as much as they did the other choices that I made. But my decisions are based on my authority and my enforcement and my command to know what God has told me to do. And whether they agree, don't agree, like or don't like, I've got to make that decision. Come on. I'll tell you, if you're getting in the church or the ministry to be loved by all, you're in trouble. You are in trouble. Because sooner or later, you're going to run into some deadhead. You're going to run into some religious person. You're going to run into somebody that thinks they know something. And they're going to tell you something and try to stop you in your growth. The devil's good at using people to do things like that. So basically, you've got to understand, hey, this is it. I was called a pastor, and that's all there is to it. Well, you go up to 100 people. My God, I knew I was called a pastor. You get down to 25. My God, I was called a pastor. You see... Spirit moving all over the place. I knew I was called, hallelujah, to pastor anointing. And you see, no move of the Spirit. I knew I was called to pastor all these bare church. So you've got to be solid in what you're doing, and you've got to use your authority at all times. I mean, on good times, you don't even think about authority. Money coming in, I feel great. Praise God, everybody loves me. This is a wonderful world. Who needs authority? And then all at once. All at once the clouds come, the storm carts the guy. And you've got to learn how to command. You've got to learn how to enforce. You've got to learn how to make the right decisions in the midst. You cannot be controlled by what goes on in this outer sphere. Amen. Well, they don't like that, so I'm going to change it. Well, let's see. We'll do the music, and we'll do it 40 minutes. Oh, somebody only wants 25, so we're going to go to 25. Somebody said music's not long enough. They want to go to 40. Let's go back to 40. No, somebody wants an hour, so let's go to an hour. So let's go to 50. They don't like this kind of music. They don't like that kind of music. You're preaching too long. You're preaching too short. You're... Everybody has an opinion, but their opinion should not command you, should not enforce you, and should not let you make choices in your life. Your choice comes from God. And basically, if you're struggling with that, then you go to a higher authority or a brother that you know is spiritual. Say spiritual. Very important. That's spiritual. Someone who's seeking God with all their heart, then you take. I found that most people, oh, I don't know I should say this this morning. Should I go ahead and say it? Most people who come to me aren't trying to get a decision right from me. They're trying to get a confirmation of what they already made up their mind to do. Come on now. Then when I don't confirm it, they just ignore me and do what they were going to do anyway. Then they get in trouble. Then they come back to me. And here comes long suffering and patience, thank God. Come on now. You just want to say, I told you not to do that, did I not? But they did it anyway, and it ended up getting in trouble. Do you see? 
So basically, in your own life, in your own little sphere, there's, there's decisions to make for your family, there's decisions to make for your relationship, decisions to make for your calling, all these things, but you have to use your commanding and enforcing in those situations of things that belong to you, praise God. The anointing belongs to you. Whether you got goosebumps one or no goosebumps at all, the anointing of God is on you today and the Spirit of God is on the inside of you. So I want to enforce that anointing when I preach the Word. I want to enforce that anointing when I minister the Word. I want to enforce that when I lay hands on the sick because it's something that's already been given to me, but only you can enforce it based on the Word of God. Say the Word of God. So you can't base it on feelings. You can go to a Holy Ghost feeling and praise God and a goosebumps are standing up and your hair won't go down for three weeks and you're all excited and everything. But as soon as that feeling leaves you, here comes the enemy. You never were anointed. You know you're not anointed. If you were, your hair would be standing up on your arms, and you look, and ain't a hair one. So what do you do? You change it. That's why it's got to be a spiritual thing on the inside of you. And your authority allows the Spirit of God, allows God, allows your ministry to do what God wants done in your life. It allows you to rule and reign in every single area of your life, praise God. Hallelujah. And that's good news. Say, that's good news. All right, go to Psalm chapter 8. All right, Psalm chapter 8, look at verse 3. It says, When I consider the heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? The son of man that thou visitest him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor, and made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Now, this is basically the same thing it was in Genesis, only here we read it in Psalms. Notice what it says. This angel says, what the heck is man that you've treated him so well? Why did you treat man so well? What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Say, a little lower, a little lower. than the angels, and has crowned him. Say, crowned him. Crown. Now, who gets crowned? A king gets crowned, doesn't he? And what does a king do? He rules. So notice, you have been crowned, you have been given authority, you have been given authority to rule in your area of life. But notice, verse 5, thou hast made him a little lower than who? The angels. Now, if you're just, we talked about Wednesday night, if you're just going to read the Bible and just skim over it, not even look at it and study it, you're going to get things out of the Bible that are not true because out of the mouth of two or three scriptures, every word will be established. And when you read the Bible, sometimes it makes things sound like they're not really like that. Are you following me? So this does not say you were made a little lower than the angels. If you look up the word angels, there is the word Elohim. Do you know what that means? God, you were made just a little bit lower than? You were created just a little bit lower than? Well, now that goes back to Genesis chapter 1, doesn't it? See, if Genesis chapter 1, you were made in the image and likeness of God and have dominion, then all at once in Psalms, you can't be made lower than an angel and have no dominion. So it had to coincide with... You two straighten up over there. <laughs> Is he learning? said that in faith. You said that in faith, didn't you? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. So you weren't made a little lower than the angels. You were made just a little bit lower than who? Than God. All right. Go to Hebrews chapter 2.
Right, Hebrews chapter 2, look at verse 6. It says, But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visiteth him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou hast crowned him with glory and honor, and did set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering and death, crowned with glory and honor, that he might be by grace, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Now notice, here it is again. How many know that's the same thing we just read in Psalm? All right, notice what it says. Man was created, he was crowned. Who gets crowned? A king. He was crowned with glory and honor and given authority in every area of his life. Here it says man was made a little lower than who? Now what do you think the word angels is there? It's not. It's angelos. It's angels. It's actually angels. So notice what it says here. For man was made a little time below the angels. The Greek here says for a little while and a short period of time man was made lower than the angels. Now watch. Man was originally created, image and likeness of God, on the God plane to fellowship with God, created like God, just like God. But now here it says in Hebrews, but for a little while, man was made lower than the angels. And why did that happen? Because man fell. And when man fell, all at once he was taken for a little while below the angels, ruled over by demons, ruled over by everything else that's out there, because basically at that time that was the fall so even though man was created and all things under his feet, we then didn't see man ruling and reigning over anything. Why is that? Because the fall of man had given man the nature, basically, of the devil himself. He lost his authority. He lost his kingdom. And at that time, he was made a little bit lower than even the angels. Are you following me? Yeah. But notice what it says then in the verse. Look at verse 9. But, say but. But, but we see Jesus... Here comes a man who was not affected by the fall. Here comes a man who has the authority that mankind had at one time. Here comes Jesus, what for? To restore back to mankind the authority that man once had in their life so that Jesus could come, suffer and die on the cross, and put us back in our position that we were way back in Genesis 1 with the authority. See, many of the things, if they're not working in your life, stop looking at God for the problem. You've got to look at yourself. Why isn't this working for me? Well, what am I doing wrong? Uh, where am I missing it? What don't I understand? What's going on? What's here? What's here? There's a lot of people that I run to all the time because I do funerals a lot and stuff like that who are definitely broke down, terrified, and just distraught because the person that died is dead and gone forever. Now, why is that? Because they have no understanding that every man is a spirit being. And that spirit just didn't poof into the air. That spirit being is still alive and he's in heaven or he's in hell or probably in heaven. And they think it's so bad because they don't understand that much of it. So see, your understanding and how you look at things makes a difference in your life and every single area of your life. And the Word of God and the Holy Ghost are here to straighten out the way you see things so that you can see them. If, if you understand that the authority has been reinstated to you that was given to you in Genesis chapter 1, you'll never have a victim-minded day again. You'll never have a loser-minded day again. Why should you be a loser when you've got authority over everything that's trying to come into your life and everything that's affecting your life? You've got the authority, you, you can enforce, you can command, and you can make the right choice every single time. So once again, the responsibility basically falls on mankind because mankind is in charge of the earth. 
All right, go to Psalm 115. Back in 2008, pastors calling, oh, what about this recession that hit? What about the housing market that fell apart? What are you doing because people ain't got jobs and people aren't giving into the ministry? I said, I didn't even know there was one going on. Because my decisions, my stuff isn't based on whether the economy's falling apart or not, whether houses are being foreclosed or not. It's based upon the word of God and the authority that I have in my life and the enforcement that I can do in my life and the command that I can do in my life. Are you following me? And the choices that I can make. You can join any recession, like Kenny Copeland said, don't join the recession. Simple. Stood up, said, I've got the word of the Lord. It's going to be powerful. Don't join the recession and walked away. Everybody's waiting for a 45-minute don't join the recession. Walked away, and I thought, that's probably a good idea. How many know you got to join that stuff? And how do you join it? You see it uh, all at once. You look at it, and then all at once, uh, blah, 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 blah. how are you doing in the recession? Well, I'm not doing very good. Are you doing, we're going to lose our house for sure. You know, everybody's losing our house. Is your house paid off? Yeah, but we'll probably lose it. Well, you can't lose it if it's paid off. Oh, I didn't know that you're going to lose it if it was paid <laughs> My gosh, house is paid off. You're still worried about being foreclosed. See, that stuff spreads, you know what I mean? It jumps on you, it gets on you, hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, Psalm 115. Look at verse 16. It says, the heaven, even the heavens are whose? But the earth has he given to who? The children of men. Now notice, here explains it right here. How many know heaven's doing all right? Everything's going fine up there. You know why? God's in charge. Now, take a look at the earth. Not doing quite as well, is it? Do you know why? Because man's in charge. Because he put us in charge of the thing. And here's the thing. We've all been brought up, and I've been brought up, and everybody's been brought up that God's in control of everything. Don't worry. God's control of everything. God's in control of everything. And God's in control of only what you allow him to be control in, basically, in your entire life. You are the one in control. He's not going to speak to things for you. He's not going to enforce things for you. And hopefully, he makes your decisions when you listen to him and make the right decisions. But that's entirely up to you in your life. So notice there's a responsibility in your life to take that responsibility, and what God does is gives you authority. Now, let me get ahead of myself a little bit. Why is authority so important? Because you have something called an anointing. Say anointing. anointing. How many know the anointing is a power and ability of God? The power and ability of God in your life is only released through authority. So if you're not releasing any authority, you're not getting any anointing results. Are you listening? Praise God. One's the gun, one's the ammo. Yeah. The authority is the gun. Praise God. The power of God is the ammo. You can have all the ammo you want. You don't pull the trigger. Right. How you do? I'm stored up with ammo. Praise God. We got an arsenal in our house. We got every book about the Holy Ghost, every book about the anointing. We oh, ought to see the authority books we got down here at the bottom. Praise God. <laughs> Are you speaking any authority? No, we're not speaking any, but we got books. Got the books right there. I know they'll work for us sooner or later. No, they won't work for you until you pull the trigger. The power follows that. Notice, they went everywhere preaching the word and the Lord following with. What they do? They're going around everywhere pulling the trigger. Anointing the God. But we've disregarded anointing because God's in control of everything. And he is in control of heaven. 
Things are going very well up there. There's not a whole lot of sickness dominating up there. Demons are not doing real good up there. I mean, I have never heard of a foreclosed mansion up there. See, why is that? Because God is in control. How many of you know that then we can be in control down here, basically, in line with him? He wants that heavenly atmosphere brought here to the earth realm. And the only way that can be done is by people who are anointed and filled with the Holy Ghost. So the battle down here right now, people say it's battled over this, spiritual battle over that. I tell you what, the battle's over mankind. The whole battle's over mankind. The whole battle's over you. Why? Because God can't do anything in this earth realm without you being spirit-filled and using the anointing and things you got. And the devil can't do anything here in the earth unless he uses a man. Come on, the devil ain't killing anybody. He ain't getting a gun and shooting anybody. How many of you know that's people controlled by? See, the devil never sat down and wrote a book on Satanism and then published it and everybody read it. He had somebody do that. Are you following me? So the whole battle's over mankind. We don't understand how, you don't understand how important you are to God. You are important to God. In your little sphere, where you're at right now, and what you're doing, and what you should be doing, you are important to God. God needeth you. He needeth you in that area. He needs you here. He needs you to minister to that person. He needs you to save that one person. He needs you to bring the gospel to this. He needs you to do that. He's just not going to fly down here and do it. He needs people in a physical body to do that stuff. And you are the one he picked in your life. I mean, if we could get this over to young people, do you know how much they could get done in 40, 50 years of following the Lord and how many people would get saved, healed, delivered through the power of God and through the anointing of God? You are important to God. Hallelujah. You, you read the Bible and a lot of things, it talks in there that God did for you, he did for his sake. Didn't even do it for your sake. He healed them for his sake. I thought he healed me for your sake. No, he needed you to be well, to do what he created you to do. So he healed you for his sake. He anointed you for his sake. He gave you authority for his sake because he needs you to do what needs to be done in your life by the power of God's in your life. That's why he gave you something called authority. You have authority. I have the right to command. I have the right to enforce. Praise God. And I have the right to make the right choice every single time. All right, go to Romans chapter 6. And this is something you have to get the scriptures, you put them in your prayer time, you read it, you study it, because this is not normal way of thinking, even in the church. <laughs> Most churches don't even think about this stuff, don't even know about this stuff, don't even care about this stuff. But it's very important that you do if you want to go further with God and you want to operate in the things of God. I do, praise God. I don't care when I'm 92 years old, I'm still going to be searching for more ways to release the power and more authority. And praise God, I might, might have to hold me up to lay hands on people. I don't care, praise God, I'm going to be doing it anyway. And, Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, Romans chapter 6. Very important verse. Look at verse 16. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether sin unto death or obedience unto... Now notice, who does that, does that put any pressure on God whatsoever? No, know ye not that to whom you yield, say whom I yield. All right, now here you are. You have authority. You have the right to choose. You can make up your mind what choice you're going to make, who you're going to serve, who you're not going to serve, who you're going to rule over, who you're not going to rule over. You make that decision, but whoever you decide to let rule over you, you will become a servant of that thing. 
See, this is, this is like, you, you may want to talk about addiction. Addiction basically is you yielded to whatever you're addicted to. You yielded that. That became Lord over you, and now that's ruling over you, even though if you're a born-again believer, it has no authority over you whatsoever because you have authority over all things, and all things are underneath your so it's easier. When I got born again, and I was an alcoholic before that, and the day I got born again and found out about my authority, goodbye alcohol. I didn't have to spend 25 years uh, trying to get rid of it and have the shakes 13 days or anything else. I just said, get out. What are you doing in my life? Do you have any common sense at all? Do you know who, do you know who I am? It's good how I got that in there, wasn't that? Don't you know who I am? I'm a child of the living God. I have authority. I have power. I'm telling you right now, get out of my life. I don't need you anymore. Praise God. Well, you're not going to get high anymore. Oh, I've got high a few times with him. And then yeah. <laughs> woke up the next morning. There was no hangover, no cotton mouth, no nothing. Praise God. There's just only ghost goosebumps all over the place. Glory to God. But see, these things will come and they'll lie to you. Yeah. This will make you happy. Yeah. No, it won't. This will make you happy. No, it won't. So what do we do? We become subject. You can see in the world today, authority is here and it's being misused all over the place. Nation against nation. Husband against wife. Wife against husband. What is that? Everybody wants to rule. Well, you're not supposed to rule over people. He never said you have dominion over people. He says you have dominion over things that are around you. And I'll tell you where you can really get frustrated is because you have that authority. It's building on the inside of you. You want to be able to control and change people around you don't work. Well, I'm going to change my husband. I'm going to change my wife. I'm no, you're not. You're just going to get frustrated when they keep doing the same thing over and over and over again because you can't choose them. They've got to get with the Holy Ghost and they've only one got the authority to make that change in their life. So you're better off praying for them yes. to see the light or see something than constantly bickering. That's why wives, I don't know why you do that. 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 I don't know, I don't know why you do that. I don't know why you do that. I don't know why you do that. Two days later, I don't know why you do that. I don't know why you do that. They're never going to change. You can't change them. They've got their own authority there. And you're trying to take your authority that's supposed to be used for your life, and you're trying to make them line up with you, which ain't going to happen, right. until God gets a hold of them and says, hey, she's right, you're wrong, make the change. And then, and then there's even a choice. Because, see, I don't want to bow to her authority in that situation. I think I'm doing it just fine. <laughs> but what did you do, see? Now you know what to do again. You've got the authority to do it, and you still ain't going to do it just because you don't want to do it that way. You don't want to go back and say, you were, you were right. <laughs> see? That's why, and, that, and I'll tell you what, that'll destroy your faith. See? So don't do that. Your authority is there to use in your own personal life, in your life. Now, if somebody's bound with something, of course, you can break something off of their life and this or that. But character-wise, you can't change somebody just by trying to force them to do it. Praise God. You just keep changing, keep changing. That's why when people get born again and they're married and one of them catches fire and the other one doesn't even know God, sometimes there's a pulling away from each other. Do you know that? He starts reading the Bible and sees all this stuff in there and starts telling her, and she don't want to hear it. She's heard the same stuff for 30 years that don't even line up with that and keeps going. The only thing that you can do is continue to go on with God, and sooner or later they will start to follow you, follow me as I follow the Lord, see? But you can't force them. 
to do that. You can't pull them along. You can't grab them by the hair. You can't do that. So we see authority in the earth right now basically being misused. We see husbands beating up wives. What's that? It's that authority that's there. Maybe they don't have the right place in their job, the right place financially, whatever, so they've got to take it out on something to show that they still got authority, so they beat up their wife. I mean, no, that's definitely not the answer. And things in your life that dominate you, things in your life that control you, things, whether it be a weed, whether it be a, a drink, whether whatever it is, all these things are trying to take over the authority that's on your life, and it's a bad feeling on the inside of you because that authority's already built into you. It's not something you can get out of there. It was already put in there. So Jesus came. What did he come for? To restore authority back to mankind so mankind could now have their own place to command, their place to enforce, and their place to make the right decisions every single time in their life. At one time, how many of you know Satan was the little G-O-D of this world, the Bible says? Jesus himself called him the God of this world. He called him the Prince of this world. Why is that? Because for a short time, say a short time, short time. say that time's over. Praise God, he was ruling the earth. But then Jesus came and opened the door to be born again, and now you are born of God, praise God. You're not born of your ancestors. You're not born of uh, the flesh. You've been born of God and back into a place where now you have authority in every single area of your life. Go to 1 John chapter 5. Remember when Jesus basically... Uh, got baptized in the Holy Ghost, then he went out in the wilderness, and he came back from the wilderness, and the devil tempted him. And the devil basically came to him, and he said, I'll tell you what you do. If you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the authority that I have here in the earth realm. If you just bow down. See, the devil knew what he came back to get, and Jesus knew what he came back to get. They both knew, and he says, I'll tell you what, instead of going to the cross, now this would sound pretty good to me. Instead of going to the cross, suffer and die, just give me a little bow. And you can be my under ruler in the earth for the rest of your life. Just a little, just a little bow. See? And we look at that and we say, well, that was Jesus. I'll tell you what, that was as big as temptation to Jesus is the temptations we're yielding to half the time. Because the keynote was coming, the cross was coming, the nails were coming, all that stuff was coming. How much easier would it be? And the Bible calls him the last Adam. How many of you know if he failed, there wasn't a third Adam? If he fails the entire mankind goes down the tube praise god i mean that gives me a greater appreciation for what he did because yeah. if i'm put in a situation go to the cross or bow down it'd be hard not to bow wouldn't it yeah. praise god so what did he say and notice he didn't say you're lying to me you ain't got no authority you're just playing with me no he knew that he had the authority yeah. he didn't deny that he had the authority he said no i serve the lord my god that's who i bow under him that's who i'm under and that's who i'm staying with so notice even way back at that time the devil knew what he came to get and Jesus knew what he was after at the same time. And that was the temptation that came there in that situation. And Jesus had to make a real live choice at that time in that situation. All right, 1 John chapter 5. Look at verse 19. And we know, sounds like another song, don't it? And we know that we are of God and the whole world lies where? In wickedness. Notice at one time, the whole world lied in wickedness or under the power of Satan. When was that? After the fall, before Jesus came and restored to mankind the authority to get out of the mess that they were in. But the problem is people get born again, they don't know they have authority. People get born again, they don't have the anointing. People just go to church, which is fine, do their weekly whatever. But it's more than that. It's like, it's like a churches should be like colleges. 
should be like schools for people to get the understanding and grow up in this stuff and find out who they are and become disciples of the Word of God so they go out and disciple other people. Hallelujah. Luanna started a little group down where she's at now where she's ministering to other young ladies and other people about what we're teaching here, about the Word of God and about the power of God. I'll tell you, when people find out that they don't have to live as victims and live in ignorance their whole life, sometimes they get overly excited about it. When I was preaching to denominations, I mean, those people found out that they could get out of their religious bondage. Those people were excited about the things of God. Then I went out of the church and got in the full gospel, drums and all, Pentecostal, guitar and all, churches, praise God. And I thought, ooh, ooh, ooh this is going to be good. And got there and nobody wanted to hear it. Well, we've been doing it this way for 15 years. The Holy Ghost has never moved and knocked anybody down here. And he's not going to come in here and start knocking people down now. We're just going to do that. We're going to do that. I said, well, you're Pentecostal. Yes. I said, it's more than having a drum set. It's about the Holy Ghost moving on the inside and changing people's lives and doing this and doing that. And hallelujah, it's about change. Everyday basis, there's change. So notice the whole world was lying in wickedness one time. That's why Jesus came. Why did Jesus have to come? He was the only one not spotted with sin because he did not come from man. Remember on Wednesday night we talked about sin passed upon how many men? All men. And the curse passed upon all men. So Jesus was the only one who had the power to break the devil off of people's life and restore us to a place of being born again. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 2. That was last week's sermon. Uh, I missed, so now I'm getting to this week's sermon, so we're catching up. You sober bunch this morning. All right, Ephesians chapter 2. This is talking about you before you got born again. And you has he made alive who were dead in trespasses of sins, wherein in times past, say times past. Notice, what did you do then? You walked according to the course of this world. You walked according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom all also we all had our lifestyle in times past, in the lusts of the fulfilling the desires of the and of the mind, and we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That's how you were born into this world. That's who you were at that time. At that time you were the children of wrath, even as others, and you were by nature a child of the devil. Say by nature a child of the devil. Now notice, sin is not the problem in the world today. The sin nature is the problem in the world today. So when you, if you want to take a baby and you want to sprinkle water on its head and say its sins are gone, that's fine, but it doesn't change the nature of that baby anyway. It doesn't really make any difference. Are you following me? There needs to be a nature changed on the inside of you. Basically, the nature is changed when you are born again from life to death. The day that you're born again, your nature was changed from the nature of the devil to back to the nature of God instantly. Say instantly. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Don't let anybody tell you you're the same person and you've got to do A, B, C, or D to become a new creature. Don't let anybody say you've got to work your way into that position. It was a miracle. I'm born again and whoosh, 
Something changed on the inside. All at once, all the things I wanted to do that were evil, I didn't really like to do them anymore. All at once, my hunger for God was there. I wanted to go to church. I wanted to read the Bible. I wanted to press into the things of God. That was never on the inside of me before. All at once, I didn't want to drink. I didn't want to hang out in the bars. I didn't want to do all that stuff. Why? The nature had been changed on the inside of me through a miracle, and now I had a born-again spirit on the inside of me that was lined up with God's nature on the inside of you. If you're born again today, you have that on the inside of you. Now, maybe you're not feeding it. Maybe you're still feeling it with worldly things and it's stuck in there like like you're constipated spiritually. It's on the inside of you. You know, the fruits of it won't come out. You still got the fruits of the old stuff. Come on. Have you ever ran into a Christian that you swear? You've been three months trying to get them saved and found out they were? And the whole time, why? There's no fruit of the Spirit whatsoever. They're not feeding themselves. They're not eating like the Word of God. Like a newborn babe, desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may... Well, if you don't drink the milk, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be the same miserable self, only more miserable, because when you had the nature of the devil in you, you could sin and get away with it. It's natural for you to sin. I sinned. I don't care. I sinned. I don't care. I cussed that person out. Good for me. Hallelujah. But then all at once, on the inside of you came God's nature, and you cussed that person out, and all at once you start feeling guilty. And you didn't feel very well anymore. And you probably shouldn't have did that. And you should probably go apologize to that guy. And what happened to me? I could get away with that two months ago, and I can't get away with that. See, there was a change on the inside of you. And the more you feed that nature with the Word of God and acting on the Word of God, the more the fruit of the Spirit start coming out of the inside of you. The more peace will flow in the midst of your storms, praise God. If you don't, if you don't have any fruit in there, you're not going to sing in the middle of a storm. You're going to say some things. <laughs> But it's not going to be singing. You see? Is that person born again? Yes, their nature has been changed. But there's no fruit coming there because basically they've not fed on the word of God. They've not grown. And the peace and the joy and the righteousness and all those things are not manifesting out of the outside of people so that they walk in peace and joy and love. The Bible says the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Is it in there? Is it the love of God? Has it been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost? Then where is it? Still in there? See, it's available to us. Now, what am I going to do? I'm going to take my authority. I'm going to say no when a situation comes. I don't get mad at that person. I don't get offended at that person. I forgive that person because I take my authority, praise God, and I'm not putting up with that. And I'm going to enforce the peace and joy that's on the inside of me, praise God. I choose to walk in love, and now I choose to pray for that person rather than get mad at them. And I'm going to do what I've done. I've taken my authority, and I've used it to walk in peace and joy and love. In other words, you get mad, you get offended, you get messed up. Then once your physical body starts messing up, and you want to run to every doctor to find out why you're getting all messed up. And if you just forgive them to begin with, all that stuff would go away, and you'd be walking just fine again. So even doctors will tell you stress, all that stuff is bad on your physical body. You were not created to live in that atmosphere. You were created to live in the love, joy, and peace of God, and your body lines up with that, and everything's fine, and everything's dandy, praise God. So what am I doing? I'm going to use my authority in those situations. Is there a chance in your life this week that you might become offended? <laughs> Sometimes people don't even have to do anything. You're just sitting there and thinking long enough. The devil will give you one reason to get mad at somebody for something. <laughs> Come on, you know I'm telling you the truth right there. It comes in your mind, and there it is. And haven't even seen them in 20 years, but I'll tell you what, they should have never did that. I might have been 12 and barely remember it, but praise God. Wait till I see them the next time. See, all this stuff comes in, and all that does, it once again, affects your physical body, affects you. You live in guilt and condemnation. You live in anger. You live in all this stuff. They're there. So once again, what am I going to do? I'm going to take my authority. Before I cast the 12 demons out of this person over here, I'm going to get rid of some of the demons in this person right here. 
See? Make a choice every day. I'm going to walk in love today no matter what comes my way. You better start out in the morning because maybe 10 minutes later that you have that opportunity to make your choice again. So I'm going to walk in love. Why? The Bible tells me to walk in love. What if it's a situation that you don't feel right? I don't care if I feel right. I'm going to walk in love. Unconditional. Say unconditional. Unconditional. See, that's a big word, isn't it? Everybody loves everybody. They love their dog. They love their car. They love their cat. But basically, love is different than just loving something like that. Love is unconditional love for another person, seeing the good on the inside of them rather than the bad that they might be doing to you and and helping them to grow up into a place with God in their lives, praise God. So once again, I'm going to use my authority. I wake up, and maybe I'm stuffed up. Maybe I'm sniffly. What am I going to do? I'm going to use my authority, praise God. I'm going to command them symptoms to get off of my body in Jesus' name. I'm going to force the scripture that by the stripes of Jesus, hallelujah, I have been healed. And I'm going to make a choice. I'm healed. I'm living healed today in Jesus' name. And I'm going to put on my clothes, and I'm going to walk out there and I'm going to walk like I'm, I'm not going to walk up the first person and say, oh, I feel terrible this morning. Whew, it's been going around and I think it finally caught me. And I heard once you get it, it's like a seven day thing. So my God, this is just the first day. My goodness sakes, I got six more days of this stuff to go through. Went, went to play basketball the last day before I left and got there, and one guy shows up and said, hey, where you been? I haven't seen in a couple weeks. I've been sick as a dog. And I don't know if just being sick or being sick as a dog is worse. I don't know which one. I don't really know what that means. And then, of course, the other guy came in and said, I haven't seen you either. You usually play on my team. What's up? He said, we've been sick as a dog. Our whole family been sick as a dog. And then, of course, you've been sick. I'll tell you how sick we've been. Well, let me tell you how sick we've been in our family. Every single kid in our family. Well, to my wife and my kid are going around a second time for God. I go, dear God. So I probably won't see him next week. <laughs> That's on his third world tour of their families right now. You see, what are they doing? They're using their authority. They're using their command. They're enforcing something in their life and they're making a choice. Only they're using it in the wrong direction. See, you can use yours in whatever direction you want to use it. And it's entirely up to you, whatever you want to do in this situation. You know, it's entirely up to us, but we have authority. Say, I have authority. All right, one more, Mark 11. All right, Mark 11, look at verse 22. Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith. Verse 23, For surely I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he... Now notice, he talks here about, basically it's a faith scripture, and everybody talks about faith and everything, but notice, what he's really emphasizing here is what you're saying on a daily basis. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall... Say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, but shall in his heart, but shall believe those things which he shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he notice says, 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 says. Therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall So watch. If we're gonna pattern ourselves to walk in authority the way Jesus walked in authority, then you're gonna have to study the life of Jesus to find out how he walked in authority because he was pretty good at it. And if you notice, when it came to Jesus, most of the time all he did was talk to things. Be made whole. Hold thy peace and come out of him. Son, thy sins be forgiven. Stretch forth thy hand. He never said, oh, Father, 
She's dying. She's probably not going to live. I pray that you would just do something in her situation. No, he said, arise. Walk. What was he doing? He was using the authority. He was enforcing his father's will in the situation. And basically, he was making a choice to agree with that and getting it done in our life. Sometimes we tell so many long prayers, we talk so much doubt and unbelief, we leave worse than what we did when we came. But notice, you've got authority in your life just to talk to things. Like your children. You don't go, go through four paragraphs when you want them to stop doing something. <laughs> well, let me read to you, son, what happened to the last man who disobeyed their daddy. <laughs> oh, you say, stop it. Yeah. Go. And then if you get to a point to where that authority increases, pretty soon you don't have to say nothing. You say, it's time for bed. And they're sitting there, and you go, and they get up, and they go to bed. <laughs> See what I mean? Your authority's gotten so far now, you just give them that look. And uh, I mean, how many had that look when you were a kid? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, when Daddy gave me the look, praise God, I went immediately what I was supposed to be doing, and I went. He didn't say a word. Why? I knew it was coming. It was coming. What was that? That was authority, praise God. Hallelujah. And it's the same way in our life. We can use our authority in situation. Stand against offense. Stand against being hurt all the time. Stand against this stuff. Don't go back. Like Ted said this morning, don't go back into your past. Trust me, there are plenty of chances in your past you can go back to to where somebody hurt you, somebody mistreated you, somebody offended you, somebody didn't treat you kindly, somebody didn't do you right, somebody didn't do all that. There's plenty of them there. But we're, we're going on from today, praise God. And we're going to knock each one of them out as they come so we don't have to add to our list of all the things that happened in our life so far, praise God. So we're going to use our authority. We're going to start to use it. We're going to learn how to use it every single day of our life. And as we do that, your life's going to get better than it is right now. You're going to have more peace and more joy. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for the introduction of authority that you have given us. Father, this was your plan and your purpose. You did not call us to really to sing, to dance, to do any of that stuff, even though we can do that stuff, praise God. But the main thing you created us for was to learn to use our authority, to command, to enforce, and to make the right choices. And Today we study that, we continue to seek that, we continue to use that in the little areas of our life so that we grow up to it and be disciples of you. Thank you, Father. The first thing we want to do is release the nature of God that's on the inside of us. We use our authority to do that now. We need to make a decision today to walk in peace, to walk in joy, to walk in love, to walk in power in every single area of our life. And we thank you for your spirit teaching us this day and this week. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay, hallelujah. We will see you Wednesday night at 730. For listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.